Hey there, podcast listeners. My name is Art Wright, and I'm the pastor of Williamsburg Baptist Church in historic Williamsburg, Virginia. We're delighted that you're listening to our podcast. This sermon is called Passing the Torch. It's based on the very last chapter of the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1 through 17. We've taken a big leap from last week when we were in the book of Exodus, the second book of the Hebrew Scriptures, now in the sixth. Last week we read the Ten Commandments. Uh, now um, Joshua has, t- has taken the torch from Moses, uh, the leadership torch, and led the people into the promised land and settled there. Um, and uh, in this text, he asks them to recommit to the covenant, their covenant with the creator God. So um, in this season of, th- this is really the conclusion of six weeks where we have been focused on themes of promise and covenant. We have had big rainbow fabric at our sanctuary spilling down from the baptistry onto the, um, onto the, the pulpit area. And it's reminded us of the ways in which God continues to enter into promise and covenant and invites us to live out our calling in the world as part of that covenant. Um, So I hope it's meaningful to you. You can find out more about our church at williamsburgbaptist.com or on Facebook or Instagram. You can also reach out to me directly at pastor at williamsburgbaptist.com if you have prayer requests or just want to reach out. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Thanks, Jen and Paul, by the way, for those, that amazing scripture reading. Y'all deserve an A-plus for those pronunciations. My wife, Beth, and I, some of you all may know this, most of you probably don't, my wife Beth and I met at a summer camp in the, the mountains of Virginia in the summer of 04, Camp Alculana, which she now directs. And I can definitely recommend meeting a future spouse at a summer camp. You, <laughs> you literally see each other at your worst and your best almost every day when you're working there together, camp counseling. We would go for days without showering. There's, there's no pretense when you haven't changed clothes in two days and you're not wearing makeup and you're tired and grumpy, but you're also focused on helping and loving and serving kids who just want to have fun while they're repelling or going hiking or doing arts and crafts or some other fun camp activity. I went to the camp director that summer. Her name was Gracie, and I said, would it be okay if Beth and I... I don't know, maybe went out on a date or something. I just don't want it to interfere with my responsibilities as a camp camp counselor. And uh, in retrospect, that was sort of a sweet thing to do. Best counselors today do all sorts of things that she doesn't want to know about without asking. (laughs) But so I went to her and she said, well, you know, why don't you take her out for a cup of coffee and, you know, when you're on break or something. So I did, and that was our first date. Uh, we still have the receipt framed on the wall at home to prove it. And the, the first picture we have of the two of us together, we're huddled under this rock outcropping uh, at some cliffs in Goshen, Virginia. I posted it on Facebook the other day. If you're Facebook friends with me, you can see it. But we're huddled under this rock outcropping, soaking wet, 
uh, because we had gotten caught in a thunderstorm while we were trying to go rock climbing and rappelling on the cliffs. I don't know who forgot to check the, the weather that day, but every day was an adventure. It's a sweet story. So many aspects of it I could tell you, maybe over coffee sometime. When the summer was over, Beth went home to Florida. She had two or three weeks before she moved up to Boston to go to grad school for social work. And so we were both anxious about our budding friendship and what it would mean that all of a sudden we were going to live in two different places. And so I cooked up this road trip idea. I was going to drive to Florida by myself. I'd never driven more than four hours at a time, and I was really nervous about it, but we were really eager to make it work. And so 6 a.m. one morning, I hopped in my 1993 Chevrolet Corsica and started driving south on 95. It was memorable in so many ways. I actually drove through the remnants of Hurricane Bonnie on the way down. Uh, we, <laughs> she and I happened to go through Jacksonville at the same time. Uh, and then I got safely to Beth's house, and we, I planned to stay for four or five days. I'm sure Beth's parents were like, who is this guy again who you just met, who you're not really dating, but who just drove 11 hours to see you? He's just a friend, right? We had extensive plans to explore her hometown, and then Hurricane Charlie hit the very next day, and we lost power. We were stuck at home for the next four or five days. Fast forward 18 years, and we still love to tell the stories of that first summer together. There's something about origin stories that makes them worth repeating over and over. For us, they remind us as a couple why we fell in love in the first place. They help us clarify our values and what we saw in each other that we found attractive. They remind us that at our core, we have a shared commitment and calling to serve children and youth and to love and serve communities, uh, especially children from some of the most vulnerable families. They remind us that we're both brave and courageous and we can do hard things together. Today's scripture reading that Jen and Paul read is replete with origin stories. A lot has happened since the giving of the Ten Commandments that we read about last week. The Israelites have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years now, trying to figure out the day-to-day -day work of living life in community together. The entire generation of Israelites who came out of uh, Egypt has passed away, and a new generation is the one that enters the promised land. Moses has died after handing the leadership reins over to Joshua, who's the one who leads the Israelites into the land. And Joshua, as he leads the people into the promised land, it's, it's a conquest narrative. And there's some really hard stuff in the text that we can't attend to in depth today. The book of Joshua has been used to justify colonial expansion in our own history. Uh, it deserves its own sermon, and I promise we'll get that one day. Today is not that sermon. But for now, the Israelites have settled as a people of faith in the promised land. Joshua chapter 24, the very end of the book of Joshua, today's scripture reading. Joshua is nearing the end of his life as he prepares to pass the torch. He asks the people to recommit to their covenant to love and serve God. 
In doing so, he offers a retrospective on their journey. He retells our origin stories of the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Malachite. I can't remember them all. (laughs) Remember where we have come from. Remember God's faithfulness to us on the journey. Remember the divine promises. Remember the promise to Noah and his family and all of creation formed in a rainbow. Remember promises to Abraham and Sarah to be a blessing to all of humanity. And promises to Moses and Miriam and Aaron to form a people and a community of faith. Remember that God brought you this far. You may think that you got here on your own effort, but God was at work all along the way. Joshua was insistent. God did this. God did this good thing. And then he issues an invitation. He tells the people, this new generation that has now settled in the land, he says, you all have a choice now. Choose what God or what gods you're going to serve. Choose what priorities and urgencies and commitments you will be focused on with your life and your energy from this day forward. Choose who you will serve. I'm not just going to make the assumption because that's what your ancestors did. Each generation has to choose and commit or recommit to the covenant. They had to choose it. We have to choose it. I spent some time this last week flipping through the history pamphlets we have uh, for this congregation. I was looking at the stories that reveal who we are as a church. What does our history reveal about our core values as a congregation? What does it reveal about our DNA? Most of it won't surprise you because in so many ways we continue to be who we are as a church. We as a congregation have always been a bit quirky for Baptists. We've always been wired a little bit progressive from the get-go. Maybe it's because we were giving birth by 12 women who met regularly for prayer and saw the need for a Baptist church in this community. I read one story by Anne Courtney Ward Little, who was the daughter of one of our previous pastors, Dr. Archibald Ward from the 40s. She said she grew up with an awareness that not all Baptist churches are like this one. She says that when she attended a Baptist youth conference in 1958, she was surprised to find out that some Baptists were forbidden to dance and play cards. Heaven forbid. And one time she says her Sunday school teacher told her it was a sin to go to the movies on Sunday afternoons. She writes that when her dad found out, she says, Dad's actions spoke louder than words. The next thing I knew, I was attending a Sunday afternoon movie at the Williamsburg Theater with a Baptist minister. (laughs) We are a congregation that has weathered so much adversity in the past. Did you know that we closed for several years during the Civil War? And well, not this building, but our previous building served as a hospital during that time. Attendance went down dramatically pre-war to post-war. Pre-war, they had something like 400 members. Post-war, they had something like 70. I can't help but think about our own experiences with COVID. 
Most of you probably don't remember this, but when we first started meeting after the pandemic hit, uh, there was 10 or 12 of us in this room on a Saturday. It was a real small group. I like to say in leadership council sometimes, I have, well, <laughs> I have increased attendance 70% or 700% since I got here. <laughs> it won't surprise you to hear that care for college students has long been a part of the DNA of this congregation. For a long time, the Baptist Campus Ministry of William & Mary was housed in our south wing right over there. We've always been known for our hospitality and welcome, our concern for justice, and for work on behalf of the most vulnerable, for, for local missions, and our emphasis on the care and spiritual formation for children. We're a congregation that has long valued connection and being a church where folks feel deeply known and care for one another deeply as well. And when we look to the center, wondering what in the world holds this all together, holds this story together, and what keeps us moving forward as a community of faith, lo and behold, we find that it is God, God's persistence and God's love for this community, the one constant throughout. Remember, remember where we've come from? Even if this is your first day, remember? It's time to take the torch that is being passed to us and to move forward as God leads us together. Janet, the torch is being passed to you. George, you too. Jenny, could look around. Joey and Dee and Fran and Gentry and Matt, all of us. We are the ones who carry this light forward by God's grace. We live in a culture with short memories because we live in a constant flood of information and in a culture that celebrates newness. But there's a reason why it's so important to retell these origin stories. It's the reason my wife and I like to tell our foundational stories of our relationship, because they provide us with an anchor point, something that keeps us steady even on the hardest days and in the hardest times of our relationship. This isn't an exact quote, but you might drive me crazy when you fill in the blank, but I remember that you are a person who will drive through hurricanes for me. It's the reason we tell the founding stories of our country. They remind us of our core values and commitment to giving everyone an equal voice in our democracy. Even if we weren't perfect back then at the founding, even if we aren't perfect now, even in 2022, they're still calling us to live into those values that we set out from the beginning. These stories remind us who we are and where we come from and help us clarify and recommit where we're going to go from here. Whether we know it or not, stories are going to shape our lives. It might be the news story of the day or the story of the economy. It might be the story of our favorite political party or the stories that keep us up at night, telling us that we're not good enough or we don't have enough or that we are not loved. So what stories are important to you? 
Which ones are you going to tell and retell? And who are you going to serve? What will our calling be? Who will Williamsburg Baptist Church serve? What story are we going to invest in and how are we going to show it to the world? Verse 14. So now revere the Lord. Serve God honestly and faithfully. Put aside the gods of your ancestors. Serve beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if it seems wrong in your opinion to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Choose the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But, but, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I hope you will as well. Amen. Amen.